All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It, Cut To It. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. I'd like to welcome a workmate, a person who is... She's pretty talented. Um, reporter, television host for, of course, NFL Network and a lot of other things. And from Toronto, Miss Everything. Cut to it. Please welcome Rachel Bonetta. Oh, Miss Everything? Yeah, I don't think I've ever been called that before. That's yeah, lovely. I'm, Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking at your career stuff because, you know, obviously when you work with someone, you don't necessarily know all of the things they've done fair and i mean you've been in this game yeah you you you've been hustling since podcasting you've been hustling since 12 but i know you've been hustling 2012 but you've been hustling a lot longer than that i've been hustling since i've been 12 yeah you got it right the first time hustle since 12 i like that because she's also a book she's also one of three other brothers so that's she's one of three brothers so that is like one of the you're the only I've girl. Three, I've got three older brothers. And as soon as I tell people that, they're like, oh, okay. Now yeah. you make sense. <laughs> do, you, do you know why that is? Uh, I assume it's because I'm a, I'm a tomboy and I'm tough and like, mm, you no. know, one of the guys. That's kind of how mm. I've always taken it. Let me sip my tea. It has to do with more of your personality. And I, I'm a father of four and I got three boys. And one girl. Wow. And so I can, I know, you know, my daughter listens to this periodically. So, where is the girl in the age spectrum? Well, before our last, she was technically in the middle, she was the second oldest. Okay. And so it's 24, soon to be 21, 17, and seven, but she's a girl. So it's mm-hmm. kind of that, I don't want to say like, woe is me but it's that you know you're the girl so you are used to the spotlight yeah I I guess so there's also a huge age difference between me and my and all my brothers like the oldest one is 13 years older than me then it goes 10 years older than me then it goes eight years older than me and then there's a huge gap between me and my youngest brother um and then there's me so it's weird. It's like I was kind of an only child and the youngest because by the time I got to like high school or even middle school, they were all gone. Hmm. So I got I got that like I was only the one in the house. And then I also got I was a part of a huge family. Yeah. Generally, the only girl gets the middle child syndrome without being the middle child. Does that mean that I just like I'm always trying to get attention because that does I, check out? <laughs> you tell us. You you snitch on yourself. I'm not dry snitching. This is a podcast. I thought, I thought we're supposed to be honest about yeah, our lives. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you. I thought that, that was the rule. Yeah, podcasting. yeah. Yeah, you you come across like you're very needy. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Not the first time so, I've heard that. <laughs> so let me tell you our our second interaction, and I have mm-hmm. to I have to say it. 
So, you know, obviously Rachel's uh, uh, been on for a while uh, on the network. However, in COVID, we haven't been able to like actually introduce ourselves to each in other. In person? In person, yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. So, you know, I, I work from the house. Mm-hmm. She's working in the studio or I'm in studio. She, you know, I, just missing each other. So I met Rachel. Second time I met you. Because I don't remember the first time. It was very brief. So I said, hey, Rachel, Steve Smith. Yeah. You go. I met you before. <laughs> I was like, okay. Check that off the box. That's what you said. I was like, dang. That's fine. There's so many people that work here. But see, I, I, I'm intentional. Like, I don't ever want to come across like I'm snooty. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't speak to people. Mm-hmm. And so I was making sure that I spoke. And also, too, it's like being in the house for two, you know, being You're ready for some interaction. Just you see, all we, to we, we hired a few new people. So I'm like, oh, they're new. Yeah. He's new. <laughs> I've never been a part of a company that has so many people working yeah. as like talent. Like yeah. I came from Fox and there's only, you know, there's only our set lineup of so many shows. Yeah. But at NFL Network, there's like reporters and hosts and analysts and all of these people. It's really cool to be a part of. But y'all need y'all need an employee cookout or something. Y'all got to meet somehow. Pizza party? No, we met. We no, we met. Go to Six Flags. Something. No, we met. She said, "All right, all right, met you, Steve. (laughs) Move on." I was just trying. I did not. I did not. I blame your HR. Y'all need a pizza party. That's that'll that'll solve all. We do. So I'm still like experiencing new things here, and apparently there's like a talent summit. I think that they call it, and every literally all the every single person at NFL Network gets together in the summer and does exactly this. So we just haven't gotten to that yet. I'm booking my work exactly at those three days. Maybe I should do the same. No, nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. But I'm not. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's go. We're going to start off with uh, some some good little icebreakers. You ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. Little quick quiz. Like mm-hmm. little riddle. Which is faster, hot or cold? Cold. cold. No, hot. Because you could each right. easily catch a cold. <laughs> so cold. <corny>. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. right. who, made, who made these up? Uh, that is Gerard. Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, you lying. And it was lame. Wow. It was, it was terrible. And it was me. One. It was me. It was. Hey, I'm on it. All right. Um, What is the last play song on your playlist that you just, you know, the last song you heard today or yesterday? Um... Uh, I recently downloaded TikTok, which has been the worst thing that I could have ever done. <laughs> Why you say that? Uh, Why is it the worst thing? <laughs> She's I, like, just, uh, I get sometimes I just need to turn my brain off. Oh. I I have OCD, so my brain is just constantly going pow 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 pow. So sometimes I just need to sit down and turn my brain off, and I do that by now TikTok and that stupid what? Harry Styles song is all over TikTok. So whatever the new Harry Styles is, it's not stupid. It's a jam, but that's what I last listened to. I find it hard to believe that you don't like TikTok. Like you're like a content creator. So why don't, why, I why know. Don't you like I, I think I'm always so late to things. Like I think that mm-hmm. I, uh, like I started in YouTube and I was like, I'm not starting my own YouTube channel. Like I just don't want to be, you know, I just don't want that to be my Look thing. Look at the hands so and the face. She's right? like, I'm, I know, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that it was the right. It was actually not. Look at what you know. I was watching the Met, the red carpet. Like half of them are influencers. So it's such an old school way of thinking. But I still have that mentality of being like, you know, I I don't want to be like known as a TikToker or a YouTuber. Like I I, you. I want to be all of these things. So I think that I'm always just like hesitant to join. Mm. And also, I know that I get sucked into these like wormholes of content and then i end up sitting back and watching instead of making that that mm-hmm. is something that i kind of get caught doing so having tiktok on my phone just means that i'm always on it which sucks since you play volleyball favorite what, what? you guys just really did some deep deep diving good feel you obviously have not thing worked with Google. Like, you know, you obviously you have not worked with me because I, I never kind of we right. never really come in half ass. I love this. Yeah. yeah. So volley. So what position did you play in volleyball? And what position did you? What's your dream position to play? Okay, so because of my height, I was always 
put in the Libra position, which is basically a designated passer. You're mm. always in the backcourt. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I would get to play power left side, which was like just the cranker hitter. Yeah. You, but I so you can jump, have, huh? I did. I couldn't really jump. Oh, so I would that's go. That's why you were the I Libra. I would have this yeah. like amazing approach. And then I'd get like this high off the ground and just slice it right into the net. And then like <laughs> back to Libra. Back to Libra you go. But I really had this, I would listen to like, I remember my, my pump up song was Gasolina back then. And I just would, in warmups, I'd just go for these amazing hits and just net every time. Oh, so I was, a, I was the designated gasoline. passer. That was pretty good. Did you pick that song? Uh, I think it was just like hot at the time oh, and okay. it got my blood boiling. Yeah. If you could redo it, I, what song would you pick now? <sighs> Gasolina, probably. <laughs> just run it back. <laughs> Same results. Classic. Still, still gets was... me going. Why not? Get her going. It ain't going nowhere though. That is listen. Gets ath- me going into the net. Hey, athletically, just as a parent, because so my daughter pe- played volleyball. So I'm. Oh, I'm, awesome. Yeah, so she was a libero. You know, she's not uh, actually killing in how the height department, mm-hmm. but yeah, she can jump, serve. Did I say Libra? I meant libero. That's how removed I am from. Yeah, volleyball. You definitely said I Libra. Libra. Yeah. I was like, I don't know anything about volleyball, so I was going to roll. I do too, but I <laughs> just let it Libra, go. So it does a Libra, make like, where does Sagittarius meant, go? <laughs> I meant libero. What about these tours? <laughs> I haven't played in like 10 years, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's cool. coming up. I was so just letting it cook. I had well. no idea. She gets it. And uh, well, that makes sense now. Why you can <laughs> never hit it over the net. Because <laughs> most liberals, <laughs> they're not hitting it over the net. No. Man. No. But I, I, I love watching. I love watching um, volleyball. I also hate watching girls volleyball. Here, here's the love and the hate. The love is I always love watching like in the warmups because you see the ones that's coming. You like, you know, just me being an athlete, I like to mm-hmm. try to pick out can't play, can play, can't play. You know, just that's because that's what I said it's ruthless, but no, no, it's it's for me it's it's a good measuring stick of sometimes, especially in the football world and sports, we're talking about how many how many Tarzans have walked through the door and not played like Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Right. So it gives me an opportunity. I love that. Oh, she looks like she could play or he looks like he can or she looked like she can't. And then you got the one that has all the gear, like all the fresh gear. Can't play a lick. (laughs) That might have been me. Right. I had the like ankle braces for what reason? (laughs) I had the wrist guards. I had all my fingers taped. Like I really wanted to show up in the gym and like. Headband. In my mind, people are probably like, oh my God, this girl's going to destroy us. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just yeah. like stay on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> I also notice in young sports, and obviously, and I'm speaking from a female's, uh, a female volleyball, because my daughter's a female, and that's all I watched was female volleyball, right? Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed by young girls, you can see the momentum shift quickly in a women's volleyball game you can see it go back and forth the momentum leaves so quickly and the emotions of mistakes happening and you can see how how a team can rally or not rally or 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 emotionally they're spent so i spent Mm -hmm. so many saturdays and sundays you know we play big south that was every year in atlanta uh even if it was easter sunday we was they were playing and just watch watching it you know, I really learned a lot about people, right? And then you also, you know, when you say an adults, you watch people. You watch an adult. You watching people at volleyball games. You get a real good good sense of people, right? Who they are, who they aren't. I also think it's interesting that you bring it up. It's kind of made me feel like when I was playing when I was playing for my college, we would always travel with the men's team, and the men's team was like just so just on a totally different level than us. They were like winning things. And they always just kept it together. And because we, I just feel like, you know, females are inherently more emotional. If something started to shift, like that momentum change that you were talking about, we would just completely break down. We would start fighting Mm. with each other. Like we were just, we wanted to be so good. And we had that skill like in practice. And then when we went out 
on the field, you know, when we were actually playing games, it would just completely fall apart because we were so emotional about it. Hmm. I appreciate you admitting that. We'll talk about that later. Where are you from in a place you call your hometown? I am from this very, very small town, like two and a half hours outside of Toronto. Mm -hmm. I grew up on 46 acres of land. I had uh, many little, I had a little four wheeler. I had a dirt bike. What's the name of the, what's the name of the town? Orno, Ontario. It's Toronto without the T's. Orno. Okay. So that's where I grew up. I think also that's where I get a lot of my, like, creativity from is because there was literally nothing to do there was no one around we didn't have next door neighbors you got 46 I was ac- 46 acres your neighbor is 45 <laughs> acres <laughs> yeah, away <basically. laughs> there was so we we had to you know i had to create like my own world really so how and, I, I and how was that growing up with all of your brothers gone so it was just you and Mom, dad, aunt, grandma. Yeah, it was me and my mom and my dad. And I was just, my dad was a very like outdoorsy guy. (laughs) You think? And so I had a really special relationship with him. We would like build, I, I, like I bought my house um, like two years ago now, the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I built a a deck. I built my own deck. I built a sauna outside. Like I have all of these like back of my brain skills, skills that not a lot of people have. I'm watching, when I'm watching a network, I did not go, she looks like she built a deck or two. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. That's really dope though. When we bought this house, we were kind of like, you know, we could pay somebody to do all of these things, but it was like beginning of the pandemic and we were nothing else to do at home and there was nothing else to do. And so I, I FaceTimed one of my what, brothers. <laughs> building deck was wasn't on like, the top five. No. no, probably not. But we were like, screw it. I FaceTimed one of my brothers and I was just like, hey, give me like the overall scope on how to do this and I'll go and do it. And he was like, just do this, this and this. And I was just like, sweet. And I was at Lowe's that afternoon buying wood. Mm. So on those 46 <laughs> acres, yeah. you have animals? We always had dogs, but no, it wasn't like a farm. We had a big pond so we could go fishing mm. and we had creeks like streams running all throughout our property. So we mm. would fish a lot. Huh. Um, but no, none of our own, like, like cows or anything. Like what that. kind of dogs? Uh, my dad used to hunt, which is like, oof, but, um, so he had hunting dogs. So he had, um, like bloodhounds and stuff. Ooh, yeah. I have two little shits now like, that are not hunting Wait, dogs. Excuse just, me? Like, they got, they got, like, uh, they got tums for that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? One's named Lou, short for Lucifer. That gives you an idea of what these kinds of people are. You might want to rename those dogs. <laughs> uh, they... What was the other one's name? Lucifer, what's the other one? Bentley. Bentley, Bentley. and Lou. <laughs> what, uh, what, what breed are they? One's a Chihuahua. See, that's Psychotic. Right and then the other is a, a Terrier. But they're both rescues, so they just come with a whole slew of issues, uh-huh. you know, and you just got to kind of work through them. Oh, you like but to say you try to save things, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's why they. Have, that's yeah. why exactly what you call them, what you call them. <laughs> I don't. Those they're those, great. Re- I love them. Those they're, rescue dogs, you got to be careful of. One of them used to bite me for about a year, mm-hmm. but then we got past that. <laughs> <laughs> we all got to work through our differences. <laughs> But it was a, it was a chihuahua. Like his his mouth is like the size of my thumb. I got like, you. <laughs> when did the Lucifer name kick in? Before, or after the bite? Yes, yeah. six months into the bite, or no? She's not the biter. She's not the biter. She's oh. just she was just like a, a little terror when yeah. we got her, and she wouldn't listen to us. Man. So Lou became her name pretty quickly. I love Cut To It, and I I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. 
CutToItPodcast.com. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tell us your journey. I mean, I'm, I'm reading all the information. I don't want to skip over it and, and, and say which. I've got a really weird, really weird way of how I came into this. Basically, when I was in high school, my whole life I've always wanted to be an actress. Hmm. And my dad died when I was 16. I'm sorry. And that threw, it's okay. It's been a long time. It threw my whole life out of whack and everything kind of got put on the back burner. And I just started to be, I guess, like scared of life. And so Mm. then all of a sudden I couldn't, to get into theater school, you have to audition. And I was just like, I just can't do that right now. So I ended up going to school for broadcast journalism because I was like, what's the next best thing? What's the, what's a way that I can still be in front of a camera and kind of like slowly work my way into that. So I went to school in Toronto for broadcast journalism. Um, what school? And about two years in, I went to Seneca college. It's like a really just small, small school. Two years in, I was like, um, my favorite class in school is improv. And I was like, I'm clearly still doing the wrong thing. So I dropped out of school And before I got to apply to go back to, I was going to go back to school for theater, finally got the courage to do it. Um, I was working at a bar at the time. I was so poor that I was having to steal toilet paper from the sushi restaurant that was down the street from my apartment. Like I was just so broke. (laughs) And so I was applying for all of these jobs. And on my Facebook was a job that said the Toronto FC dream job contest. Toronto FC was our major league soccer team in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know anything about soccer. I don't, I'm not interested in covering sports, but I have two years of broadcast journalism experience under my belt. I know how to be on TV. Can I stop you before that though? Cause I Uh I, want to, you know, what was your, what was your mental state to the point of like, I, I'll, I'll volunteer something. I, I remember there were times I had to steal food, right? Because mm-hmm. we were struggling, right? Mm-hmm. I had a, me and my wife um, when we had our son in college. I had to literally. I got up. Um, I, you, you haven't heard this story, but I actually got up, unscrewed the license plate off our car, drove in, like at five thirty in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. Drove to the grocery store. Told my wife make a list of all the things we needed, Oof. which was diapers and all that stuff loaded up the shopping cart and left, threw it in the trunk and drove off. Wow. And I struggled. I didn't struggle to do it. I struggled after because I knew at some point I probably would have to do it again. Yeah. And that's why I'm asking not to make fun, but just more to hear where you are because where you are today, you don't have to think about Mm -hmm. toilet paper. But there's Mm -hmm. people listening that can identify with that, can identify with so much more. And so mm-hmm. you, you out of your story may not even realize you, you can give somebody some hope. And so that's why I'm, that's why I'm asking not to make fun or, or make light of it, but really shine a light on where you started and how you got through it. Especially if we're talking about all the people with mental health these days right now, they mm-hmm. don't identify. The pandemic has shown us that we, that what we think who we are, we're actually not right. Some people, and then some people, mm-hmm. you're exactly who you are. There are people in the pandemic, the relationships have strengthened. Things have been weeded out and started to uproot and clarity throughout relationships. And there's other some other relationships. People have been, domestic violence numbers are up, suicide numbers are yeah, up, yeah. all of that stuff. So I, I, again, I'm not trying to make fun of you, 
I'm more of trying to sit down with you uh, and, mm-hmm. and go through that process because if you really think about it, where you are today, I watch you on TV. You're great. You do a hell of a job. But I would have never said, thought this girl that struggled so much, she dropped out of school. She also had to steal toilet paper. Um, she lost her dad. She's built a deck. She's done a sauna. Like, wow, mm-hmm. that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's when I was younger, my parents were, we weren't, you know, I wasn't, we weren't like rich by any means, but we were definitely comfortable. Mm. And my dad was, had his own company and my mom was a school secretary. And then when my dad died, um, we were all of a sudden on the other end of the spectrum. So same as like me feeling like I was a part of a big family and also an only child. I was once comfortable and felt like I was always going to be taken care of. And then that got totally taken away from me. And then all of a sudden I was having, exactly, exactly. So still in the back of my mind, I feel so blessed that I'm able to own my own home and I have things, but because I went through that trauma as a child, basically I was 16 I, I have that fear of everything being taken away at the, any point in time. I still have that at 43. Yeah, I think it's just like so if, you, if you have that trauma you, in your life, I think you'll not, always kind of have it. You're not by yourself. Keep going. You're not by yourself. Yeah. Um, so I think that there was a point in time where after my dad died, he died when like a couple of months before I graduated high school. Mm. Um, and so then I I went I moved into the city that summer and my first semester I totally failed every single class I got pulled from my volleyball team I wasn't able to play sports anymore I was so depressed I didn't know what to do and my aunt was like having to pay my rent my mom was like spending the little money that she had to like send me like I wasn't able to work because I was an athlete and you know in school mm-hmm. And it got to this point where I had to like show my mom my grades when I went home for like whatever the fall or Christmas. And she was so upset. And see, seeing her be that upset, I was just like, I do not need to add to the shit that my mom is going through. Mm. When I came back, I just like, I just like shook myself and I was like, you can't do this to her. Mm. And you can't do this to my dad. Like I sat down with my dad right before he died. And I was like, I'm going to take care of mom and this family. Like I fucking got this. Mm. And I told him that, like, he heard me say those words. And um, so I just like snapped. I just snapped. Like, that's the best way that I can put it. All of a sudden Look, you I was know, going to school you know you, and I was. You're talking to two brothers. We know what snap is now. Well, yeah. Uh, even I, I know where you're going with losing a parent too, yeah. and uh, and I I just went through that. Not to make this at all about me or to I'm interrupt sorry. your story, no, but also okay. it's very relatable to where when my father passed away last year, I had that same thing. And and not to uh, again up upend, but uh, oh. when you witness someone pass away, and when they ask you a question of what they ever did, it snapped in me to to look within myself and say. I don't ever want my kids to have to, I don't want to have to ask my kids at the, my end of life, what did I do and what my impact was? And I've been, and, yeah. I, and I literally snapped after that. So I know, yeah. like, and it's a perfect word because that is literally the feeling that you have when you lose a parent, whether you are close with them or whether you're not close with them, when you lose yeah. a parent and when you have such raw emotions that are either tapped consciously or subconsciously, it will come out and, and you, and mm-hmm. you will snap. So that's the perfect yeah you know, adjective for that. You you two, yeah. you two, I think are in a place too. You're at that age where you, things are still recoverable. And I think when things are still recoverable, when you lose your parent, it hits you different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know what you guys are going through or what you went through G and then what you went through. I went through it in the middle of my season when I lost my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the, uh, to lose someone that's a father figure that 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 pours into you, that gives you at times, right? You know, G, you talk about, you know, and we've had this conversation that 
G, when he lost his pop, he was like, man, I don't want to. And I kept talking him off the ledge of saying, bro, you're striving for something that you've already surpassed. Yeah. He's already surpassed that. Uh, 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 Tyson and Mia, his two kids, always will know that they will get an unqualified compliment mm-hmm. from their dad. Mm-hmm. Right? And me, I never got an unqualified compliment from my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad is still living. And I use that word unqualified is because, especially for me and the way I was, I grew up, I'm not sure about you two. I, I mean, I know about G, but I'm playing dumb completely mm-hmm. forward in context. I don't know me growing up what a, I don't know exactly, but I do know today an unqualified, unqualified compliment, what, what that would have done to me and how it impacted me. Because even today, I, I still, I have to diligently accept compliments. Mm-hmm. Right? And hearing you snap, knowing G, hearing him snap, watching him snap. I know G went through what he went through with his dad and his watching his dad pass away, sitting on his bed, mm-hmm. walk, driving up to see his dad every single day. Mm-hmm. And and you talking to your dad right there is the part that I struggle with is you both got an opportunity that most people don't get, which is oh yeah, absolutely. You get to see. Unfortunately, I got on the airplane a couple of days later and I had to say my goodbye to my grandpa at the bottom of the hospital in the coroner's office with a lifeless body. Mm-hmm. You guys got to kiss, hold, cry. And you you beat it. You you guys snapped and you beat it. Rachel, you're mm-hmm. you're all you, you're awesome. And to see Thanks. and to know now after this to watch you on the show, it gives even more texture mm-hmm. on how awesome you are. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been it's it's been a ride, but I I do feel like ever since, and I don't know if you guys experienced the same moment, like post snapping, you just. You, you put your head down and that's exactly what I did. And I just like went to school every single day. I got my grades way up. I got to the point that I was so strong in what I was feeling and thinking. I was like, I'm not in school for the right thing. I didn't drop out because I was, you know, not wanting to go to school. I was like, I am not serving myself in the right way. Mm. Like that, that's how much like of a full turn that I had when I was in school. And so I I dropped out. I applied for this, for this contest um, because I was so desperate to work at this point. Cause at this point I was just like, I want to, I want to send money to my mom. I want to help her. I want to help my brothers. Like everyone was going through their own thing. Also all my brothers are artists. It's not, you know, you're, you're supporting yourself and it's, it's tough. It's a struggle. Um, and so I applied for this contest. I know, knowing nothing about soccer, you had to like send in a, send in a video of yourself. Why should you be hired? And I, I wrote this comedy sketch and made my whole, I went back to school and had such a great relationship with my professors. They shot it for me. And I had my old classmates be in it with me. And I beat out over 500 people for this job. Wow. I, I even had the, when I went in for my final interview, I had the captain's name written down on my hand in ink. Like I was like, fake it till you <laughs> make it. And I won. And I, I still remember my mom was there when my name was called. And I was just like, I'm, I'm going to make $40,000. I'm going to make 40. It, it was a whole yearly salary. Like it, you won a career basically. Mm. 40 grand. I was like, I can take care of myself. I can buy myself groceries. I can maybe even send money home to my mom. I can, Mm. you know, pay my rent on time. My whole life changed in a second. Just hearing my name get called, my life changed. Mm. And since that moment, I've like, okay, I'm going to do sports now. And I'm going to do sports until I keep on climbing and climbing and climbing. And about a year later, I got an email from the head office because this was when YouTube was first starting. So Toronto FC basically gave me the keys to their YouTube and was like, here's your new job. 
And so I started making weird videos and then the head office called about a year later and they were like, would you ever consider moving to New York City and being the host of the entire league? We've been watching what you're doing. You're so fun. You're so different. Like we think that you'd be perfect here. So then I moved to New York City and then within six months of taking that job and doing the same thing, YouTube, 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 I had a call from Fox and ESPN. I had a job offer in both places Mm. and I got to choose where I went. It's not a bad problem to have. Yeah. (laughs) Through all of that, how are you able to keep reinventing yourself? Because there's always something new. There's always a new trend. There's always a a new way to consume content. There's always, you know, maybe something was shot at one way or something was, um, you know, set nuances or whatever. So how are you able to continually reinvent yourself or stay not even with trends, but even start to anticipate what's coming out? I think I got really lucky because YouTube was so new and that was my thing. No competition. And so I, I, it was, it was, everyone was having to adapt and that is how, that's literally how I started. And I also think something that it's so cheesy. Everyone always asks me like, how did you break into this business? Like, how are you continuously like growing and doing more and more and more. And I just think that I've never put myself in any kind of mold. Mm -hmm. Like I've just like always been like, um, I don't know how to be anything. I know how stupid this sounds, but I don't know how to be anything else, but who I am. And I don't care enough to, I don't care enough about what people think to turn into something else. So I think that because I'm into acting, because I'm into comedy I think that's always been a difference as well, because, you know, a little while ago, sports and, you know, comedy's always been on the peripherals. And yeah. I think it's like been working its way in. But mm-hmm. I think that that's also what set me apart as well, is that I've just always been doing something a little bit different than what everyone else has done. So I've been really lucky in that way. How are you balancing? Going from stealing toilet paper to now you have a career. You're in New York. You got options. Mm -hmm. First, I had to learn how to handle money, which is, I'm sure as a football player, you know about as well. Like, not that I was making millions of dollars, but I had such, I had such a lack of how to handle finances because I didn't have any finances to handle for the longest time. And I think that happens to a lot of people when they, you know, that always helps. That whole financial literacy. (laughs) You gotta gotta have some finances (laughs) to have a reason to get literate. Right? But that's also not something they teach in school. They don't teach us how to pay taxes. Mm -mm. Like for the longest time, I didn't pay taxes because I didn't know where. For some reason, they teach us Pythagorean theorem and stuff that we ain't gonna never use. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Why do I know that? But I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. That's it's it. a great Look, point. Look, I know I'd balance a checkbook, but I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> it's a great point. Yeah. Um, so I think that that was kind of like the first hurdle. And um, I just, I think that one time I had a, my, my boss at Toronto FC, once I had moved on and was working for Major League Soccer, I came back to Toronto because they were hosting the, the like the championship. Yeah. MLS Cup, and that which was a really cool moment for me because I got to come back and people were like, "Wow, look at what you've done!" That's cool. And my boss pulled me aside, and he was like, "You keep climbing until you cannot climb anymore." Mm-hmm. And I still think about that to this day. Now that I'm like, you know, I'm going on auditions all the time, and I I have three scripted television shows in development right now, and like, I just keep on climbing until someone says no and even if they say no i'm gonna ignore it and i'm just gonna keep on going and finding different ways to get in and i just think that it's just that that i still have that you're right snapping is the perfect word because i still have that mentality i'm still in this mode and it's not i love it i love the work that i do and i love hosting and i love being a part of nfl network it's been such a nice change of pace but it's just you know, you've just got to want it more than anybody else in the room. So as you're approaching, you got all these different projects in development. Mm -hmm. How do you creatively approach these? Like what inspires you? Mm -hmm. What do you, what, what, what do you pull from? So when you have a new opportunity, when you're sitting down, like what draws your inspiration for your creativity? I have a light bulb tattooed on my wrist here because I had this idea and 
I just kept on thinking like, oh, is this really dumb? Is this stupid? Like it just kind of popped into my head one day hmm. and it was, a, um, it ended up being the show that I sold to TBS last year. I, I thought of this idea seven years ago and I wrote it every which way and I pitched, pitched it and pitched it and pitched it and no one would buy it. And then finally somebody believed in me. All it takes is one person. Mm. And so I got this tattoo of an idea to remind myself that my ideas, not all of them are good, but some of them are, and I should roll with it. So sometimes like, mm -hmm. um, things just like pop into my head. I get inspired by music or reading something or watching a movie and I, I read this book a little while ago called Big Magic and the whole, she writes about the meaning of ideas and she talks about picture an idea as, you know, a, a fairy, let's call it. And this fairy comes into your body. And if you don't give this creature your time and energy and effort, it's going to leave your body and it's going to go to somebody else. And that's why, you know, she talks about if you see a commercial for an invention, you're like, oh, I had that idea a while ago, but you didn't do anything about it. So mm. it left your body and it went to somebody else. Mm. So I give my time and energy to every idea that I have. And maybe every sometimes it'll, idea? a lot of ideas. Yeah. Wow. I have a lot of things. I write it down. I have journals filled with stuff. I give it time to mm. see if it fits with me. Oh, okay. I like and that. if it doesn't, I let it go. Yep. And if it does, I write it out and I pitch it and I try to make something of it. If it's something that stays in my brain and I can't stop thinking about it, that's what tells me that it's with me. So let me ask you, does that it, sound really hokey pokey? I don't know. No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's just, it, it leads me to uh, assume you're not a very good sleeper, huh? You're not the first, that's, you're like the third person that said that to me this month. I actually am. I'm no, okay. I, I, I didn't, when my I was brain a... turns off, it's off. Okay, I, so you, you're off and on. 7 a.m. till 10, I'm going. And I think that, I think that because my, like I mentioned, I have OCD. So when my head hits the pillow, I'm so exhausted from oh, thinking God. about things all day that I'm just done. Good do it, good do it, let's get down to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue, with its powerful, DC turbo engine? Well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What do you think is the good thing about being a female in sports? I think we're having a bit of a moment right mm -hmm. now. I mm -hmm. think that all of these doors and windows are starting to open. And I think that women have been so hungry to have a seat at the table for so long. They're just take grabbing it and taking it. Like it makes me think of somebody like Cynthia Freeland who works at NFL network, mm -hmm. who is like, just has such a, a beautiful mind mm -hmm. and she thinks in numbers and stats and oh, she's crazy. Just smart, a complete right? opposite way of, of the way that I think. Yeah. And she's gotten this opportunity to be such a voice on the network. And she has taken it, even though it means her working seven days a week, 24 seven, even in the off season, she has just, absolutely taken it so i think that as times are changing we are getting these opportunities mm. and i think that that's really really cool i think it's so awesome that um we're getting these seats at the table so i think that that's the most exciting thing is that things are changing 
Do you think you, you believe that being a female, you have to work harder and, and, and know your stuff versus a guy? So let me, let me clarify. I think it's different for me because I didn't, I've only been covering football for four years. Like, like I said, I didn't even know about soccer. So I have constantly been put into these roles where I'm like just treading water. <laughs> so I think that when I was on that show, that was the very first time in my life that I'd ever talked about football. And I had to talk about it in a way that made it feel like I belong, that I had this seat at, at that. I was supposed to be hosting that show. So I think that the reason why I said that was because I felt as one of three other, you know, I was only, there was Jenny Taft hosting Undisputed. There's Joy Taylor that was the co-host of The Herd. And then there was me. Yeah. And so those two women are really smart and know what they're talking about. I felt like I need in order to me, for me to deserve that yeah. show and that podium, I had to know what I was talking about because there was only so few of us. And I feel like, you know, because of the Cynthia Freelands, that's going to open up the door for so many other Cynthia Freelands. Yeah. And if I do well at this table, that's going to open up the door for all of these other women to come in that maybe don't know a ton about sports, but are unique and creative and funny and, and really smart and all of those things. So I think that for me, I just, I couldn't be wrong about anything. I couldn't get anything wrong because I didn't want, like I said, these opportunities are being open to us. We have to make the most of it because there's a whole lineup of ladies behind me who are wanting this seat next. Yeah. And if I don't do a great job, well, that maybe get a guy in here that we know that can do this job. Or they you know think, what I mean? It's, well, they, it's that kind of feeling. But they think they know. You know, I, I, I've been doing it for five years. And mm -hmm. I've worked with people that I've realized that have come and go that they don't know football. Yeah. Like guys who have played who don't I, I've played with wide receivers who I've discovered in the middle of the game, they're in their fourth <laughs> year, they can't read coverages. I do think that you realize as soon as you get into TV, uh, there's a lot of bullshitting that happens. And I think that that was something that kind of made me realize like, oh, okay, I know how to bullshit. I can bullshit <laughs> with the, the best of them. But you can't bullshit but when you, other people can bullshit and have the margin for error to bullshit and still be able to stay. Well, that's another thing is like social media then comes into play yeah. as well because there are so many like trolls online that oh, want to yeah. see you fail that want to say like, that's not, oh my God, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And that was my worst nightmare. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be so, I was I was just told I'm a slot receiver. Yeah, they probably do the exact same thing to you. They oh, What's Steve that? doesn't know. I, he's, I'm a, he's a slot. He doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't know I was a slot receiver. That's news to me. Shit, I've been wanting to be in a slot for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you were a female or you were an individual who who got a job to some degree that you didn't know as much as you knew. And not no slight or anything bad. You were unqualified, right? You didn't you didn't have the qualifications as far as the knowledge of the game. Now you knew what you I were didn't have the, the qualifications of the knowledge of the game, yes. but I am they knew that I would work harder than oh, everybody else and that's that was it. up for that job. And, and that is evident. why I got the job. Yes. Because of who you are. Like who, yeah. not who you are, like in Rachel Bonetta, but who you are and the person, the worker, yes. who, what you exude, how, how you do it, how you come in the office, how you lead the office, what you're doing outside of the office. Mm -hmm. You showed that. Female or guy, you either going to make it or you're not. You're either mm -hmm. going to adapt and figure out the sport. Like, I knew football, but I didn't know TV football. Mm -hmm. And that's been an adjustment for me. I, I think that I'm pretty knowledgeable about football now. I know how to talk about it. I know how to talk about it in an interesting way, but it's because I had three years of a show to work on it. Mm. That was one of three roles filled by a female at FS1. All the other roles are filled by men, which means there are more roles to fill, which means more men are getting those opportunities. I'm only where I am now because I had those three years on that show. Mm. If there were more shows, if there were more roles to fill, I could have started doing that six years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago. So I feel like now that there are more roles. We're inevitably going to see more women because they're just opening up these jobs to women. Whereas yeah. like before, even, 
I mean, look at any broadcast on any network. If majority of it is guys because guys have always gotten this opportunity. They've gotten the opportunity to learn. Like, you know, the Rich Eisens of the world have been doing this job for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. Women haven't always gotten that opportunity. Yeah. If we did, then there would be a lot more female Rich Eisens around. So I feel like, you know, fast forward 10 years from now, there are going to be way more women because there are just inherently more positions. But right now we have to still fight for those. So I do think it is, you know, it's just been more difficult for women to crack into this. All the different networks only have so many shows, mm-hmm. right? Bottom line. And they, how they feel them is it, it really depends on the, the lens of the people that are hiring and what they see and how they want to see it. But it also makes sense to hire ex-players because you guys have been in the mix. I haven't stepped foot on a football team I, <laughs> I, or on a field. I, I don't know what that's like. You yeah. You share a completely different you know, side of the game, which is fascinating, which makes excellent TV if you know how to do it. Yeah, so it, it, yeah. it makes sense. Where do you see things trending in the next five years, 10 years? Of course, it changes so rapidly, but now repositioning that, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Gosh, I, I don't know. Hopefully happy. That's <laughs> stupid, but hopefully no, like, not stupid. You know, settled and and just happy. Like, I think that I, at some point, the snapping needs to, like, cool Mm. off a bit so that I can have a life. But (laughs) right now, like, I love being creative. I love being working for a company that lets me be who I am and be creative. And, like, you know, 10 years ago, if you were to ask me that question, I, I wouldn't necessarily say where I am now. And... 10 years before that, I would have never said sports ever. And that sports has given me every single thing in my life. Hmm. So I think that I just want to be happy with what I'm doing. And I want to keep on, I want to have ownership over things. I really want to start my own production company. Um, I want to keep on, you know, lifting up other women that don't necessarily see themselves in sports. Like I didn't once upon a time and now I love it. And just keep on, you know, opening the door for people to to make stuff and be themselves. What 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 do you love about the grind of of television? Oh man, I used to hate live TV so much. It used to scare me because I was always afraid of saying the wrong thing and now I just love it. Anything can happen. It's just such an adrenaline. The energy is so fun. Um and I still, I just, I still love writing things. I love writing sketches. I love seeing the my favorite thing to hear and somebody like like mooch always asks me this whenever i see mooch he goes what is wrong with you Uh, (laughs) and i'm like do you want the list i'll give you a list but that tells me that i'm doing something so different that people have not seen that you know ian rapaport's like you're weird huh i love that nothing makes me happier that is like such a check of a box for me because that just tells me i am doing something that people aren't used to seeing. And I need to lean into that. So I'm just going to keep on trying to do new things. Ian asking or saying you're weird. Has Ian not looked in the mirror? (laughs) (laughs) Now, how much do you get to It's in a loving way. It's in a loving way. I know. I know. I just, I just love, I love messing with, I love messing with Ian. You've talked about improv, how much you loved improv. Do you get to improv while you're doing some of the live stuff? Do you have restrictions on you? What do you enjoy? Oh, most? I'm that was like something a like just question. went viral at the draft and it was me handing this guy a $5 bill. I literally asked somebody for a five on the way to our spot to shoot that. Like I'm always, when I was doing the day before the pandemic, I was in an improv class for eight hours a week. I was going on Tuesdays and Thursdays for four hours each night. Thursday night football, I was having to put my, you know, my phone, Thursday night football would be on my phone and I'd be in improv class, like watching the scene and also watching football. Mm. Like I was just constantly trying to work on that part of my brain. And that's what I tell everybody that's like starting off in this business. I'm like, I don't care if you think you're funny or if you're an actor or what being able to, I mean, Steve, you know, just like anything can happen. Breaking news can happen. You need to be thinking on your feet at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's a taped hit and you have a script in your head, somebody could fly by behind you. And if you try to ignore it, that's terrible. If you work with it, that makes, you know, viral moments. And so 
improv is such a huge part of my life and mm. it's kind of sucked because of the the pandemic I haven't been able to do a lot of it but also I have stage fright so just putting me up on a stage in front of people acting like a, a complete idiot um really puts me out of my comfort zone and it makes things like doing live television at the draft <clears throat> not scary at all backstage Joe does improv did you know that, that, is not- <laughs> <laughs> that is- I would love that for you <laughs> that is untrue but thank you <laughs> I wonder. I was like, really? I thought he had something else. <laughs> no, man. I'm sorry, Rachel. I let you down. What? Uh, okay. Do you, you can always get into it. Do you right. do you think uh, sports broadcasters have superpowers? Um, some of them, for sure. Okay. I what's remember... your, what's your superpower then? What's mine? Y'all. <laughs> My. Superpower. Hey, hey, hey. Right here now. Know. Right here. We're right here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No. Um, I think making uh one of the things that I'm most most like prideful about, mm. I, I started a podcast a couple of years ago called Hall of Shame. And we talked about the biggest scandals that ever happened in the sports world. Mm. And we talked about it in a way we did not have a sports audience. We had a mostly female audience that didn't give a shit about sports. And we mm. talked about sports in a way that, <laughs> sorry, am I not allowed to just No, he well, just, the way you, just the way you said it, he was just like, we were talking about sports, but you and, nobody really cared. You in the kitchen, keep cooking. Yeah. Keep no, cooking. no, nobody she got cared she got at all. All the games. Did it all, yeah. <laughs> we spoke about it soul, in a man. way that people got it. People, I, I think that, a lot of people don't like sports because they don't understand it and it Mm. makes them feel um, left out. Like a a lot of bullying stuff kind of comes up. I think when I first think about it and the way that we were able to talk about sports is such a delicious thing to have in your life. Like there is nothing better than I'm a huge Raptors fan. I got to watch them win a couple of years ago. Mm. I was crying. That's one of my greatest memories I've ever had in my life. There, there's nothing better than that. It, it's like it's humans being amazing. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have a podcast that was about sports that were, was not for sports fans and to have all of these women and all of these people that did not care about sports being like, I'm going to watch football now because mm-hmm. you have made it really fun. I think because I didn't start out being a football fan and I didn't necessarily start up being a sports fan. I think I'm able to talk to people in a way because I get both sides. I get why you don't like sports. But also, I've experienced it now, and I want you to experience it. So I think that that I guess that would be my superpower is like pulling people in to love this thing that maybe they don't even know exists. Hmm. And there's just so much energy, and it's a pretty magical thing to be a part of. How would you, if you had the opportunity, what do you think your pop would say about you right now? Why you gotta do this to me? You know, um, you know why. Because I see, I, I see how cool you are, and I think um, <laughs> I think you snapped for a reason. And you to be able to look into your dad's eyes the last kind of moments before uh, yeah. sending his little girl off in the world without him. It's always that question we always ask. I ask myself, "What well, my grandpa think of me?" Right, and and when I played in my years, my grandpa always told me, "When I was a young boy, you want to play this game." You know, I, I go by Steve, mm-hmm. but you know, Stevon, you want to play this game. You got to play it bigger and better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. I think that he would be really proud of me for keeping my word Mm -hmm. for, for literally manifesting my entire life 13 years ago or however long ago it was. Mm. Um, And I'm proud of myself for, for doing all of those things. Recently I made a really big life decision and my brother wrote me a song oh. to help me make this decision because it was life life changing. And I decided not to do this thing. And I didn't do this thing because it didn't sit with my vision for my life mm-hmm. and what I had promised my dad in that moment. It didn't mm-hmm. sit with any of those things. It was a great opportunity, but I had to um, and part of the the lyrics in it was like, it was something along the lines of like, he's standing with all of us and happy to hmm. break you. Hmm. Guys, I didn't realize I was going to cry on this podcast, not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was talking about how he's, my dad's with all three of my brothers. Yeah, that's cool. And really proud. And he, sh- 
And he would be and he should be. Thank you. <laughs> Kicking ass and taking names. Hey. Thank you, guys. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team. Wesley Robinson and John Show from Balto Creative Media. Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter, with production assistance by Alex Lebrec, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. You ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.